Thanks so much for that, Kennedys. Um, really uh, appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I need to apologise. Sorry, I sent everyone a message. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, uh, seeing the back of house things. So Steve was just asking, which screen out of the two ones that say Oliver Crispin should he be uh, spotlighting for this session? And uh, just so that you all know, it's this one. <laughs> now you all know. So thanks, Steve, for doing the behind the scenes stuff. And uh, also Mark Joseph and uh, uh, Bruce Dobson has done that as well. Um, just hosting the Zoom call just to make sure everything runs smoothly. So um, yes, sorry for the confusion. <laughs> um, we're going to be uh, digging into First Thessalonians. So if you've got your Bibles, crack them open. And uh, we're going to be finishing off chapter three today. And uh, yeah, thanks as well, um, Ross and Heather, for joining us and uh, hearing a bit about what you're doing. Um, Ross, uh, your role as well is a lot of behind the scenes stuff, as Steve's is today. You don't get to see Steve, you know, in the, in the spotlight. Um, even he's got his screen muted so he can be so focused on what he's doing. <laughs> Lots of uh, behind the scenes stuff. And Ross, your role is in some ways similar. You're probably not uh, uh, going to be seen that much um, in the, the front of services or that sort of thing, although I'm sure you'll, you'll be here and there and uh, it'd be great having you. But um, yeah, thank you for what you're doing, um, serving in that way behind the scenes that, you know, all the finances, tax, all that sort of thing um, can tick along. And uh, yeah, thank you for your, your service there. And Heather for supporting him to do that. <laughs> it's definitely a role supporting. If you're, if you're unsure if, uh, um, you know, people who are in roles need support, then just have a look at uh, the screen where my wife is and uh, the four children that she's uh, running around and looking after. Thank you so much, sweetheart. <laughs> I've been looking at it and thinking, oh, I wish I could be there to just help you out a bit more. So thank you. Uh, there's so much support happening <laughs> that we don't even realize just to put this on. But let's uh, dig in now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And I'm going to read to you from verse 6 uh, through to the end in verse 13. <clears throat> but now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Well, um, I'm going to give a, a bit of context. You may remember last time that uh, what was happening, uh, Paul was saying how he, was, he had concern for the Thessalonians, for where their faith was at, and fear that Satan had gotten in and tempted them and, uh, you know, drawn them away from their um, walk and their faith in God. And uh, so even though uh, Satan hindered him on many occasions, he said, you know, when I could bear it no longer, um, I was willing to be left alone in Athens. Um, uh, that's 
chapter 3, verse 1, he writes that. And so he sends Timothy so that uh, Timothy can go and encourage the Thessalonians, build them up, and really discern how they're going in their faith, if they're progressing or, or what's happened. And so what I wanted to take you through is a bit of uh, Timothy's journey through this. Now, he, of course, um, has only been um, traveling with Paul for less than six months, we've probably got to say. You know, it could be around three months. Um, Paul's taking him from his uh, area. His, uh, Timothy's actually from the region of Galatia, uh, would, you, would you know? And uh, he travels through there and uh, to Thessalonica and, and um, you know, he's young in the faith. And, and of course, Paul will be talking with Timothy and they'll be sharing about what happened in Thessalonica and, and how these people are still on Paul's heart. And of course, on Timothy's as well. And, uh, you know, they'll be talking with one another and saying, what should we do? We, we really need to encourage and support them. And, and, you know, and Paul would have said, you know, Timothy, I can see that we've tried, but Satan has hindered us on many occasions. And that's perhaps even making me more curious. Why is Satan so, so keen on hindering us from seeing how the Thessalonians are going? This is, it's just growing him in the need and the importance to go and see the, um, our brothers and sisters there. And, um, you know, with time, he eventually comes to Timothy while they're in Athens and he says, Timothy, that's it. I think you're just going to have to go. You're going to have to go and see the Thessalonians, see how they're doing, see what's happening and, um, and encourage them, build them up. Um, and so Timothy, of course, doesn't know what's been happening. And uh, he packs up and he heads, he heads off and he travels from Athens to Thessalonica. And uh, I've actually made this journey myself, although definitely not in the way that Timothy has. I've uh, traveled on a plane from Athens to Thessalonica. Took me, or uh, well, what's today, it's called Thessaloniki. It uh, took me about an hour uh, on a plane. It was very easy and convenient. Uh, Timothy's journey, though, would have been much more difficult. Uh, imagine he did it on foot and uh, Google Maps tells me that, that would take him 86 hours, 86 times the length of what it takes a day if you travel on a plane. And uh, so if he did eight hours a day of walking, just consistently, it would take him about um, uh, 11 days to arrive from Athens to Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonica. So big travel all the way up just to get there. Almost two weeks of travel, two weeks back. You know, we're considering about a month's travel. Like it's a big investment, you know. And Paul is not wanting to be alone, um, in Athens alone. But that's what he's willing to do for the sake of seeing how the Thessalonians are going. So Timothy gets there and he arrives. And uh, on, on arrival, he would have been uh, really embraced. And they said, Timothy, is that you? Oh, so good to see you. Man, come on in. How have you been? They would have been so enjoyed. Is, are Paul and Silas here? Oh, man, that's too bad. We would have loved to have seen them as well. How have you been doing? Oh, here, come on in. And Timothy's like, wow, what a great reception. This is really excellent. And, you know, he's there and he encourages them and builds them up. He would have spent time, I believe, um, ministering the word of God, um, preaching to them, um, yeah, exhorting them, um, as Paul uh, tells him to do. Um, that's, you can find that in chapter 3, verse 2. Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, he sends in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith. So that's what Timothy's doing there. And so he has his time ministering and as he's there, I'm sure he's observing and, and watching the Thessalonians and just seeing, you know, is this gospel really taking root in their life? What's happening? Is there genuine change? And as Timothy's there, he comes to the conclusion, absolutely, yes, they have a faith. He can see it in action. Uh, there's love there in the community. Uh, they're looking after one another. And um, yeah, so eventually uh, Timothy travels back down 
and he rendezvous with um, Paul, who's now in Corinth. And then from Corinth, Paul writes this letter. And uh, when Timothy uh, comes back to Paul, he shares the report. And um, this is what Timothy says. Uh, Paul says of this report, he says, this good news has come of your faith and love. That's what Timothy would have observed as he was there among the Thessalonians. And it's reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> as we long to see you as well. That's their desire. It's a mutual longing. And then Paul writes something very amazing. He says, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we've been comforted about you through your faith. In the midst of trial, and, and Paul doesn't go into the detail of what's happening. He's there in Corinth. And um, yeah, he doesn't go into the detail of what the affliction is. But in all this trial and hardship that he is undergoing, he receives this comfort. And doesn't that speak volumes, actually? He goes on in verse 8. He even captures it this way. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. And he has received that knowledge. It's just this big relief sort of would have hit him. And just this, as he goes on to say, thanksgiving. It overflows in this thanksgiving. And he says, I'm now living. I'm filled with vitality, with energy, because I know that you are standing fast in your faith. And that's over and above the affliction that he's going through, right? He's experiencing this trial, this hardship, and that news makes him so, um, yeah, just filled with this life and vitality, right? And that speaks that actually for Paul, almost what the Thessalonians are going through is almost more important to him than what he's going through. Can you see that? Because if what he was going through was more important, he would have received that news and would have been like, well, that's really good. I'm so glad that the Thessalonians are doing well. But he would have still been under that weight of affliction and burden. But you know what? The weight of that, it, it suddenly lifts, you know? Even in the midst of affliction, he's received this comfort and he's given thanks to God. He's, he's got this life and vitality because the Thessalonians are standing firm. And it shows this betrays Paul's heart for the Thessalonians, right? He goes on, verse 9. <laughs> he says, For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. Paul's saying, oh, I just, I can't express it. I don't know how to capture it. I don't know how to explain to God to give thanks for what I'm feeling and experiencing. I, I'm just rejoicing. <laughs> And he writes this out to the Thessalonians. And uh, I imagine the Thessalonians would have maybe read the letter and said, all right, Paul, calm down. You know, it's all right. <laughs> but Paul, you're not going to stop him. He's so overjoyed at what's happening in their lives. Um, and he says, I don't even know how, to, how I can return this thanksgiving to God. In verse 10, he says, we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face. Again, there's that longing to go and see them. And supply what is lacking in your faith. Wait a second. What is lacking in your faith? Isn't he just filled with thanksgiving about their faith? That they are standing first, uh, steadfast in the Lord? That they have this faith and love that Timothy has witnessed? And that he's experienced and reported to Paul? And Paul's and writing here and saying, I want to come and see you face to face. I'm filled with such joy, with such thanksgiving. But I want to supply what is lacking in your faith. And he goes on here in verse 11 and says, 
unpacks that a bit more and he says, now may God, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. It's interesting. There was definitely a love there. That's undeniable. Timothy saw that and he substantiated it and reported it to Paul and said, there is a genuine love for you. But Paul hears that and he's like, that is really great that they're loving one another. But he says, you know what? I want you to abound in love even more so for one another and for all as we do for you. That's his standard. I'm wanting you to be like me, that you abound in love for one another and for all as I do for you. And you can see that Paul's love for them, right? It's like... Um, you know how, like as a parent, for example, you might have a, a child and uh, or you might know of someone in this case and the child starts to maybe, as we would say, go off the rails a bit. They go down the wrong direction or they um, take a, maybe um, you might have a friend at school who you've seen go down a wrong path. You know, they get messed up with the wrong crowd and they, they just get taken away. And you know, when that child returns and they come back like the prodigal son, in that story, there is just for the parents such a rejoicing, such a jubilance, such a thanksgiving that hits the heart. And that's exactly what happens to Paul. And this is the kind of love that he is wanting for the Thessalonians. He said, I can't contain my thanksgiving now for what's happened in your lives. As I've, I've been concerned about you, I'm sure of Satan's tempting you. But now that I hear this good report, I am just so filled with thanksgiving. I, I cannot contain it. Why? Because I abound in love for you. I'm so concerned for you. And we see that, you remember in chapter 2, how at two points he describes his relationship with the Thessalonians, one like a mother nursing its child. <laughs> That's what my wife's been doing today with our newborn baby. <laughs> there's a nursing, there's an infancy there, and a very delicate mother-child, mother-baby relationship. But then as well, he says, you know, as a father... Um, I exhorted and encouraged you. And that's chapter 2, verse 11. And so Paul is talking about this kind of parental relationship that he has with the Thessalonians, which is fitting in the Lord um, for their relationship. And he's saying out of that place, there's this great love. But I want that for you guys. I'm not just, um, you know, grateful to hear that, you know, you can be receiving this love. I'm not grateful to hear, you know, alone. And I'm filled with thanksgiving, you know, that you have that love, he's saying to the Thessalonians. But he's like, you know what? I want you to abound in that kind of love for one another. That you feel that concern. That you feel that um, tenderness as a mother to a child or a father to his children. You know, that you're wanting to exhort and to build up. That's what I'm desiring for you and for all. And he goes on, verse 13, and he says this. So that he, being God, so that God may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Have you ever had someone say to you, I want to see you established with a blameless heart on the day of Jesus Christ? I've never had anyone say that about me, although perhaps some people thought it. Paul expressed that and he said, this is what I'm wanting to see God do in your lives. And it's not my work, it's God, so that he may do it. He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. Is that even possible to have a blameless heart on the day of Christ Jesus? Well, that was Paul's goal. <laughs> that was what he was wanting and he was working towards to see coming. 
And it's such a, a high and lofty goal and to abound in love. He's, he's saying, I'm filled with thanksgiving because of this love, but I want you to abound in love. I want you to be established with, in holiness with a blameless heart. That's the aim. That's what he's working towards. And so coming to us, you know, the question is, is this where we're at? Is this what we're wanting? And I tell you what, throughout this time and, you know, the time that I've been uh, serving uh, you guys and you've been serving me, you know, it's a mutual thing. We serve one another. But throughout my time serving you uh, in this role um, as your shepherd and your teacher, I've seen, you know, love in action in the life of this community. I've seen people reaching out, uh, going the extra mile, um, baking cakes, um, yeah, talking with people, calling them up, um, asking how they're doing, serving, ministering, people being built up. I've seen it. I've seen this love. But the question is, are you content? Is that all that you're wanting? Or can you say in your heart of hearts that you're wanting the people around you to abound in love? Are you wanting, as you look at the screens that flash before you, are you wanting them to be established with blameless hearts? Because there's things that we're going to have to overcome to move there. <clears throat> and you know what? This has been a challenge for me. I've, <laughs> I've thought, all right, Lord, you know, your word, in, uh, it says in Hebrews 4.12, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It would divide, you know, judging the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And I'm letting that fall on my life, the sword of the spirit fall on my life. And I say, Lord, you know what? I've never seen it as a possibility, you know, to establish our hearts as blameless before God, before the coming um, of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if that's what Paul wanted, then I want to follow him as he followed Christ. So as I look at each of you on the screens and, you know, there's, um, yeah, I want to have that as a goal and to attain that, you know, for you, to work towards that. Do you want that for me? Do you want that for the people around you? And this is, these are high things that we're called to here. You know, I was wrestling with this a bit and I was thinking, is it right, Lord, that I'm calling people to a standard that the Apostle Paul was at, you know, to say, you know, surely that's just for an Apostle, you know, that he is pursuing that people are bound in love. Surely that's, you know, um, just that he's wanting them to be established, you know, not for, you know, people who are just in the church and that sort of a thing, you know, we're not Apostles, we're not, you know, we haven't written the scripture. But have a look, verse 12, he's saying, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. That's his standard for the Thessalonians. He's saying, as my love is for you, that's what I want yours to be for others. And therefore, that's what ours should be for one another. That we abound in love for one another. And that's what I want to call you to today, brothers and sisters. Is that your standard? Is that your standard? Or are you set? Are you happy? Are you content with what you've got right now? Or are you going to move to a higher standard, a calling that is heavenly, that is upward, that is for a blameless heart in Christ Jesus, that is for abounding in love? Yes, you love. I've seen it. You know it. You love. Yes, you're expressing your faith. I see it. You know it. But is that enough for you? Is that enough? For Paul, it wasn't. You know what? For me, I want to stand with Paul. And therefore, I want to call you out and I want to say, for me, it's not enough that I see just that in you. I want you to abound in love as I want to abound in love. Why? Because I believe these words in this Bible that we're reading were breathed out by the Holy Spirit. And this is not only Paul's desire. It's not only my desire, but it's actually God's desire for us in 
Christ Jesus. And that's the only way we're going to obtain it, by his power, which is at work in us mightily. Oliver's never going to be able to obtain this. None of us are. Paul wasn't. He had to die daily to himself in order to do this. And that is the process of shedding our lives. It's, it's a great image, actually. It's just come to my mind like a snake sheds its skin and it leaves it alone. And that there's a, a new layer beneath. That's what we're needing to do. We're needing to cast off our old selves that the, the true life of Christ comes through us to shed what is dead and is not going to eternity and to lay hold of what is and to abound in love, to see that happen. And so this is my question for you. Are you wanting to abound in love? Are you going to seek that out? Because if you do that, it's going to pour out the love of God through your life and it's going to water the ground of the campus at Hurstbridge. It's going to water the ground of your family. It's going to water the ground of uh, your workplace, your school with the love of God. And in that place, the Lord is able to bring forth his life. But when we hold back and we say, you know, I'm content with my love where I'm at. I'm content with my faith. You know, I'm content with where our Hurstbridge campus is at. That's grace, you know. And man, we should be filled with thanksgiving. Look at what's happening, how we're supporting, how we're building one another up. And in this such difficult times, when was the last time a church ever had to go through a season like this in Australia? Probably never. I don't know what it was like back when they had the Spanish flu or World War II. You know, there have been difficult times in the past. We're in a season like that and we are building one another up. But is that enough for you? Because to abound in love, it will bring up a concern. What about that person you haven't seen for a while? You might be looking at the screens and saying, oh, I haven't seen that person this week or last week. You might not really know them. You might not have spoken to them that much. But to abound in love is to say, you know what? Even though I don't know this person, I'm concerned for them. I've got them on my heart. As a Mother would, her own daughter, when her own daughter is in a place, you know, that's questionable. And they might be doing fine. You don't know. But do you reach out or do you say, you know what? Look, I don't, I don't really know them. So it's, it's better if I don't ask, you know. It's a bit awkward, you know. Hi, I don't really know you and uh, I'm concerned for how you're doing. <laughs> Everything all right? <laughs> Are you going to let that stop you? Because a lot of us do. A lot of us do let those thoughts stop us. I was talking last week to the young people, you know, if you're in high school, if you're in uni, you know, are you letting the fact that you're a young person stop from reaching out to someone who's older than you? We often think about these things and, and let them prevent the love of God abounding through us. But that's where you've got to let the, the skin be shed and say, you know what, even though it might be awkward, you're going to have to reach out. And let the love of God come forth because you know what? God is concerned for that person. Do you know that? That your heavenly father is concerned for that person. And he knows exactly where they're at and what they're doing. I've been talking, uh, taking my kids to the parables in the Bible lately. And uh, yeah, Hadassah and Avery are there. Can you give me a wave? Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> We've been going to the parables. And you remember Dustin Avery, the one we did recently about the parable of the lost sheep? And we started this parable, The Lost Sheep, right? And Augustus said to me, oh, that's like that other parable you told us a couple, uh, uh, last time or a while back. 
about the lady who lost the coin. And you remember they, the, the lady, she lost the coin. She swept the whole house and found the coin. And then she called everyone in celebration. Same happened when the lost sheep was found. You see, even today, there can be people who are here who are wandering. Our hearts can be wandering before the Lord. You might be coming to a, ch to a church service, you know, or you're wandering in your own heart, um, you know, and, and you can turn up, you know, but you're behind a screen or, or, you know, even when we're able to be together face to face, you can say, yeah, no, no, I'm doing fine. But are you really wondering? Is that what's going on? Because the Lord's concerned for you. He's got a concern for his sheep daughter wandering out of the fold. Do you have that concern? Are you abounding in love for others? Because that is what God wants for you. He wants his heart in you that you abound in love and that you overcome the things that prevent you from expressing that. And you know what? As you do that, and I, oh, here, oh, I'm just getting a 20% warning <laughs> on my battery. So it means uh, I've got to wrap up. <laughs> you can't do that in a church service, can you? <laughs> um, yeah, let me, let me say, you know what, there's times when I've been out amongst you shepherding and I've been reaching out and I've had to get over myself and say, you know what, I don't really want to do this. So I feel a bit timid saying that I'm concerned for someone and using that kind of language. But you know what, I want to express my heart because I am concerned for you at times, different ones of you. And there'll be people, I know that there are others among you who are looking at other people and saying in your hearts, yeah, I'm concerned for that person or I haven't heard from them. Or even this, you might not be concerned. You might just want to say, hey, I want to build that person up. I want to encourage them. I want to uplift them. That's the heart of God. And that's what Paul did. He's like, I want to encourage them. So I'm sending Timothy to go and do that. And Timothy did that. He built them up. And this is what, you know, before God, we are seeking to do here as a church family and community. We've got to die to ourselves and then press out that the love of God would abound through us, even as it did through Paul. And this is his purpose, so that God himself may establish our hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father. Do you desire that for yourself and do you desire that for others? Because if you seek to abound in love, then you will have a heart that is established blameless before God on the day of his return. And Jesus is coming back. Surely he is. So that is what we're pressing after. I'm going to close in prayer now. And uh, Rich is going to wrap. And then uh, I believe we're going to breakout rooms. And there's an opportunity to practice some of what I've been sharing today. And uh, you know what? Even after we get off the Zoom call, there's an opportunity to practice. Maybe the Lord's laying someone in your heart or family or people or individuals. I don't know. But be out there. And abound in love. Seek to do that. Don't be content. There is love. That's undeniable in our community. There is love in our midst. And for that, I give thanks to God. I receive it. I give it. It's here. But we want to abound in love more and more. To the glory of God. <laughs> Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is living and active, Lord. And uh, you know in each of our hearts, Lord, where we have shrunk back, where we have chosen not to abound in love, where we have been content with the love that we have had, 
even though it might look impressive and good in the eyes of others, Lord, you know where our love is at and how deep it runs for one another and how often perhaps we let our own selves get in the way and we say, you know, I don't really know that person or I don't feel like I can speak in that person's life or who am I? I'm too young. That person's far older. Whatever it might be, Lord, we need to shed that skin off. Put off the old self and clothe ourselves with Christ in all humility and say, you know what? I feel like I can't. I feel like I don't have the the knowledge or the power or, or even the words to say. But Lord, I want my love to overcome that. I want my concern and I want to grow. Yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah, I might not be good at it at the start. But you know what? I'm concerned and I want to see a love that abounds. Lord, may we have this heart and prayer in our lives. And I ask Holy Spirit, you know, Lord, I don't know. But in any heart today that is hearing this, where you are doing that work and you are confronting something in them and saying, you know what? You haven't loved as I love. And that's how I want you to love. Lord, I ask for those people who you are confronting even now that there will be a reconciling with you, Lord, a humbling. And as they have received that love that abounds from you, Lord Jesus, so may they give it. Lord, we ask for an opening of our eyes to your love more and more, that we could give it more and more. In the name of Christ, amen.